talk a little bit about Yishmal, the clip of Yishmal, the negative force of Yishmal, Ishmael, and its relationship to Klal Yisrael, its relationship to the people of Israel, especially relative to the things that are going on in, this world, in the world today, in the Holy Land of Israel, in Eretz Yisrael. So in the Pasuk, that says, Elu told us, Yishmal ben Avram. In the end of Chayisar, the Torah tells us these are the chronicles of Yishmal, Ishmael, the son of Avram. And the Torah describes how he rested and, and it, it describes his descendants. And later in the beginning of Parshas Toldus, it starts with Elu told us, Yitzhak ben Avram. That, and then it starts now is going to be the Torah is going to describe the chronicles of Yitzchak the son of Avram. So first is Yishmal ben Avram, Yishmal the son of Avram, and now Yitzchak the son of Isaac the son of Avram. So the Balaturim writes that first there'll be the kingdom or the power, the force of Yishmal ben Avram, of Ishmael the son of Avram, and then afterwards will come the time of Yitzchak ben Avram, Yitzchak, Yitzchak, Isaac, the son of Avram, which is that idea of Yitzmach is Yitzmach, Tzemach, Shmoy, the idea of sprout, he will come in the name of Mashiach, is Tzemach, Shmoy. And then there will, there will be the final redemption. The world will finally reach a place of perfect peace and harmony and the revealing of Hashem's presence in this world. And it happens in stages. In the Pirkei Belezer, in the Medrash that's called Pekka de Beleza, which is a chronicle of the events that happened throughout history, following this, the story of the Torah. So in chapter 32, the Medrash actually describes the future time, a time in the future, and it speaks about the idea of Yishmael, that the name Yishmael is Yishmakel, that Hashem shall hear. And it says that the future, Yishmael, will cause tremendous harm and tremendous uh, anguish to Klal Yisrael, the people of Israel. Klal Yisrael will cry out in prayer, cry out Yishma, and then Hashem will hear our prayers. Abchaim Vital, in his slim sefer that's called Eitz Adas Toiv, which is a book more on the, more of Musa, according to Musa, not so much according to more an ethical book than a Kabbalistic book. Over there he also speaks about the tremendous hardships that will befall Kalal Yisrael, the people of Israel, at the end of times, before the arrival of Mashiach, the final arrival of the revealing of Mashiach, and he speaks of it in a very harsh way. It'll be a very harsh times. And then finally, it'll be Elotoliz Yitzchak, the Azimolis Choyk Pinu, and then the world will be filled with laughter. Yitzchak, Yitzchak Avinu, the Gemara says in Shabbos, that we'll call Yitzchak our father, because it'll be a revealing, it's like a laughter. A laughter is when there is a revealing of something that you thought was one way and it actually turns out the other way. That's what really a joke is. Joke occur, a joke occurs when you, you, you see what in your mind you're anticipating a certain result of the way the joke should resolve itself and then something unexpected and that's the joke. So the joke is, and Altair explains this in, in Torah also, the idea of Yitzchak, the idea of Yitzchak, that Yitzchak is the, is the joke, that, which means the transformation of something that seems to be harsh and, and hard and very difficult, and then it's transformed, and it turns into laughter. This is the, the, the transformation and the ultimate redemption. But before that will come, before that will arise, before that will become revealed in a way that we see the joke of reality, 
and will come to the place of the joke in the end of times, which are recognized that the joke, that the whole physical world, and everything that seems to be from the world of concealment will be revealed actually as a revealing of Hashem's presence and ultimate revealing of that we'll all see, we'll all see the name of Hashem, the presence of Hashem in this world. But until we get to that point, that's going to be some type of birur, some type of elevation, and some type of, some type of refinement through the process of Yishmael. First, the process of Yishmael. The Altarab also speaks about this in Amayim Rekatsar, Mamar Makatsar, and in Yonim. He speaks about this, um, that Yishmael, the difference between Yishmael and Yavon, between the Greeks, and Yishmael, which is embodiment of Islam. He talks about that, and we see this in, with regards also to the type of music that they play, that Yishmael, which is Chesed Shebegvura, Menagi Meruris Lamoi, Altarba speaks about this very, very harsh, painful reality of Klaalisol in a way that they suffer under Yishmal, or the struggle of Yishmal, is that it can it can bring about through Yishmal this Yishmal has a sinagidoilo, sinagimura, a tremendous amount of hate. And again, this will eventually be transformed. And incidentally, hate is always better than indifference. The difference is that there's no, you look at a person and you don't even recognize his humanity at all. And hate means you hate the person. If hate can be, is an emotion, emotion can be turned into love. The lack of emotion is the emptiness, which is even worse. Either way, we find that there is an idea of Ishmael, first the idea of Ishmael, and then there's the rising of Taldis Yitzchak, the chronicles of the birth of Yitzhak of joy and the redemption. So this is very uh, interesting because the Medrash, in a few places, the Medrash in the beginning, and the Medrash in the Brisbane Absarm, a few other places, the Medrash speaks about, based on a vision of Daniel, of the prophet Daniel, Daniel, the Medrash speaks about the four exiles, the four Goliaths. And the four Goliaths and the four exiles is the way that the way the Medrash describes it is the is the is the is Bavel is the Babylonian exile, which is the destruction of the first temple, the first base of Migdash. Then there's the story of Paras, which is Persia, the story of Purim, which is the second exile. Then the Medrash speaks about the Gullus of Yavon, the, the Greeks or the Assyrian Greeks, which is the story of Hanukkah, and the fourth exile. For Klal Yisrael is the is the Roman exile, which is destruction of the second base of Egdash of the second temple. This is the way the Medrash talks about it, and it uses different words: Tahoyim and Choishech, Pnei Different words that the Torah describes as certain types of darkness, both by the Brisbane Absarim, by the covenant with Avram, and both in the beginning of the Torah. The Torah describes these four exiles. Um, just historically, the Medrash, the Medrash is, is, is already thousands of years old, um, and then there was the rise of Yishmael as a kingdom, as an empire. And uh, the first time that Klal Yisrael really suffered collectively, there was small incursions in Saudi Arabia and other places, in Yemen, other places with, where, the, where there was an expansion of Yishmael. But the first time that Klal Yisrael really suffered very, very harshly under Yishmael was with, in the times of the Rambam, with the Almohads who were a, a fundamentalist, uh, like ISIS type of group, 
that came up from Morocco and conquered parts of Spain. And then the question became, which is interesting that you find the Rishonim are talking about, the early commentators of that time period, are discussing which exile is that? Because it was a very harsh time. It was, and, and historically, that was the end of the Andalusian Jewry. And there was, there was famous yeshivas in Luceno, which the Rifwaza and the Rimagosh, very famous uh, yeshivas, academies of, of Torah scholarship. Torah scholarship was on a very high Ramah, a very high level. And, uh, and then it came to a close because the Almohads uh, uh, basically persecuted all the Jews and non-Muslims and, non and, and threw them out of the country if they didn't convert. So there was a forced conversion and even the Ramah himself had to live for a short period of time on the forced conversion and then he escaped with his family. So there was a, a, an understanding that this is a tremendous exile for Kalal Yisrael, a tremendous hardship for Kalal Yisrael. The whole world jury of, of Spain, the glorious glory of, of, of Spain, of Spanish jury from the, from the 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, 100s, all moved then to Castile, had to move up to, to Aragon. Um, but this was seen as a tremendous hardship. So the Rishonim about that period of time discuss what is this Golos Yishmael, what is this exile Yishmael, is it, is it Yishmael? And the question was, if this is actually one of the exiles, how come it's not found in the Medrash? And the Medrash talks about these four exiles, which is the exile, the Babylonian, the Persian, and the Greek and the Roman, how come we don't find the idea of Golos Yishmael? Why doesn't the Medrash describe, or even the Torah describe, this exile or predict this exile in the, in the book of Daniel, particularly, why doesn't it predict this exile or this hardship and persecution that, that arises from Yishmael? So the Ebenezer, who lives in that time period, the same time period of the Ramah, the 1200s, a little later also, the, the Ebenezer writes that um, in the book of Daniel that the truth is that there are, the four exiles are as follows, that Bavel and Madai uh, Babel, uh, Babel is one, Babylonian is one, the Persian is one. He says that the Greek, the Yaman and Romi, the Greek and the, and the Romans is the third exile. So the Babylonians, the Persians, the Greek slash Romans, which resonates also historically because the, the Romans were really a continuation of the Greeks, even though they lived a little bit in different parts of the little similar parts of the world, but in close, by, close proximity, but the Romans essentially took the, Greeks, the Greek ideas and expanded them. So the Greeks and the Romans were seen as one civilization. There was the Babylonian civilization with the destruction of the first base, there's the Persian civilization with the story of Purim, both the story of Yavon and Roimi, both Greek and Romans were seen as one. Chazal also say that Roimi that is, is, a, is a people that don't have their own language, don't have their own philosophy. So it's seen as an extension of Greece. And then the fourth one is Golis Ishmael, is the exile of the, the Ishmaelite kingdom. This is what the Ebenezer says. The Ramban, in Pashas in the Chumash Bamidwa, the Ramban argues, Ramban a little, little, the Ramban lived a little bit later. He also lived uh, in Corona, which is, which is the place where a lot of the Jews migrated after they left Andalus. And the Ramban writes that what the Ebenezer says, that the fourth exile is Yishmol, is not found in Chazal. That's not found, that's not the way Chazal read it. It's not the way the sages read it. In fact, Chazal say that the fourth one is Roimi, and the third one is Rome, and the third one is Greece, and the, the second one is Persian. 
And the first one is Babylonian. It doesn't mention anything about Yishmael. This is what the Ramban argues against that. So this is complicated. This is, uh, according to the Ramban, that doesn't work. The Yaivitz, I just saw recently, a few days ago, there were Yaivitz in the Tzutzi Yaivitz in the, in the uh, he has little uh, commentaries that he, or additions or corrections that he writes on the Zohar. Agaz al-Zohar, the Yaivitz in the beginning of the Gamla al-Zohar, the Yaivitz writes that the fourth kingdom which is the Roman kingdom itself, is divided into Esav and Yishmael. And Esav and Yishmael is the Roman kingdom and the, the Islamic kingdom. That the Rome and Islam, these two kingdoms, when Chazal speak about the fourth one, the fourth exile, as the exile of Rome, it actually means the two offshoots or essentially the way the Gra understands it, they're the two roots of the 70 nations, which is Rome, which is Western civilization, is seen as the Roman civilization. And then the Middle Eastern civilization, which, which is the Arabic or Islamic civilization, which also conquered many parts of Europe up until parts of, of Hungary and, 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 and almost to Vienna. So there was uh, this tremendous kingdom, certain, certainly the, the Ottoman Empire. So there was the idea of these two clashes of these two civilizations. And they're both part of the fourth one, which the sages call Roimi. This is what the Yaivitz writes. The Maharal, interestingly enough, the Maharal who lives before the Yaivitz, but a few years, hundred years after the Ramban, the Maharal lives in Bohemia, lives in Prague, the great Maharal, the Maharal writes in their mitzvah on the on the idea of Hanukkah, where he speaks a lot about the four the four exiles. That's where he talks about it at great length, and, and generally the Maharal speaks about this at great length in many other places. The Maharal says that he gives two answers. How come Ishmael Ishmael is not mentioned as one of the four kingdoms that oppress and cause hardship of exile to Klali's soul to the people of Israel? The Maharal says two things. One is that the four corresponds to Malchi, the, the kingdoms, these, these emperors, these empires, correspond to the Malchi Yisrael, which is that when one falls, one rises, and they correspond to each other, and they're yonik from each other, that the Malchi, the, the kingdoms, receive from the kingdom of Israel. And therefore, Yishmol is kavlif Atzma, is a separate, separate path his own journey. It's a parallel journey, but not in, in contrast to Klal Yisrael. This is one answer the morale gives. And the second answer, which is prophetic, really, um, the morale says that Yishmael, Yishmael is really part of Paras. It's part of Persia. So there's the Babylonian exile, then the Persian exile, and then the Greek and the Roman. He says part of the Persian exile, which today is Iran, part of the Persian exile is Yishmael, and uh, and this is this is fascinating that the morale the morale speaks about this and predicts this almost in a prophetic way, speaking about that Yishmael, the the, pe the pinnacle of Paras, the pinnacle of the Persian Empire of the future, which will cause a lot of hardship to Klal Yisrael, will be connected to Yishmael. Yishmael is actually related and the essence of Paras. 
the essence of Yishmael is reflected, or the, the pinnacle of the aggression of Yishmael is particularly connected to Persia. Now, what is Yishmael in the Torah? Who is Yishmael in the Torah? So one of the things that the Torah describes Yishmael is that Yishmael was Neulad, the way the Medrash says that, the Pekadulazar, that he was he was connect he was noyle bikeshes he's connected to the bow to the bow to the bow and arrow to the arrow to the bow and he's 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 connected to the keshes he's connected to the idea of a keshes a keshes is a bow the hero of a keshes Torah says that he'll be a person that will uh, a nation that will be tied to their bow uh, which on one level obviously means connected to to war and to expansion. And uh, Chazal also, the, the Medrash over there speaks about that he, that Rivka saw that, that Yishm, uh, that's, I'm sorry, that Sarah saw that Yitzchak, that, that Yishmol was pointing a keshes, an arrow, to, uh, to, to kill, to kill, uh, to kill Yitzchak. And that's why Sarah got really upset and, and, and told, told Avram, which means that Yishmol is connected to, to keshes, to the idea of a bow. Um, then later it says, when Yishmael's mother puts him aside, it says that she watched him mirachik kemitr kasha. She stands as, as the from a distance of the of the of the, of the throwing of of an, of an arrow, which means everything that Yishmael is connected to, everything connected to Yishmael is connected to the idea of a kashas. Now, what is a kashas? A kashas simply means a bow, like in a bow and arrow, which means that it's expansion. You're standing here and you're throwing it in a different direction. You're you're aiming it, and it's hurting. It's hitting in the other direction, which is the expansion of war. But on a deeper level, keshes is particularly connected to Yishmal. The idea of a keshes, the idea of a ba, a bow, is particularly connected to Yishmal. Connected to the idea we've previously, which you mentioned, which the idea of Yishmal is Yishmakel, the idea of prayer, the idea of hearing. Because becharbi bekashti, when the Torah speaks about becharbi bekashti, bekashti is like with a bow and arrow. With my sword and my bow, so that the the unclus, the, the translation of the Gemara brings it down in Bambasikul Chavgimel, that the idea of bekashti, becharvi bekashti, b'sleisibulusi, the Torah mitzvahs, but also b'sleisibulusi, which means with prayer. That the keshes is particularly connected. The bow is is connect is specifically intricately connected to the idea of prayer. Now, one of the postures that a person has to do when they daven. So Chazal say that when a person prays, especially Shmanasa, so a person has to put the right hand over the left hand upon their heart. So they put the left hand upon the heart and put the right hand over it, which is a, which is the which is a posture of prayer. That's the Gemara says in Shabbos Afiyud that that's the way a person should daven. One of the Migurush Svard, one of the people that were expelled from from Spain in 1492, was the great Kabbalist Rabbi the Chayat, the Chayat. And he wrote a commentary to the Marechus Alakus, which is a, a mystical text, a Spanish mystical, mystical text from Tunis Malafia, apparently. And he wrote a, a commentary. And in there, he says that the word keshes, which the sages interpreted the bow as prayer, and the posture of putting your left hand or your right hand, is specifically connected to davening, connected to prayer. Because he says when you put your right hand over your left hand, what you're really doing is you're creating a bow. Um, you're creating a triangle, which which is symbolic of the idea of a bow and arrow, an arrow. And the idea of prayer is that you're shooting up arrows to above to pierce the heavens. 
and then there's an opening of flow, an opening of revelation. She says that prayer itself is connected to Keshes. So we, we see that the idea of prayer, davening, specifically tefillah, is intricately connected to the idea of Keshes. Now Keshes, Keshes the bow, is also, is also associated with this month, the month of Kislev that we're presently in. The month of Kislev, or the middle of Kislev today. Kislev is, according to Sefi Yitzira, the zodiac influence of Kislev. And what that means exactly is for another conversation, but the influence that's connected to Kislev is Sadagaris, is, is a Keshes, which is the idea of a bow. And this is specifically also connected to the Yamtev, the holiday of Hanukkah. So on Hanukkah, there is a custom. On Hanukkah, there's a mini Yisrael, there's a custom to play with something that's called, in Yiddish, something that's called a dreidel or sivivion, uh, to play with this, this little toy, which some say is connected to a particular German, German type of toy that was played that had four sides, and shtel, and nisht, and halb, these are all German words for how you play the game. If you have to put in money or put in something or take half or niche is garnished, take nothing. But either way, the Shemish, the Menei Soscher and other Tzadikim write that really this, this dreidel goes back, this four-formed spinner, which is you have a spinner on top, a little stick on the top, and then there's, and then there's four sides. And one side is a nun, gimel, and hay, and a shin. Which, which, which symbolically represents not just nisht and halb and shtel and garnish, not just the Hebrew, the Yiddish, German words for nothing or half or, or put in or get half, but also neis gadol hoya sham, a great miracle has happened there, or neis gadol hoya poi, if it's, if it's in Israel, you say, you, instead, of the, instead of the shin, you have the pei, which is a great miracle happened here. So nun gimel hay shin, and you spin it, and it, and it falls either in the nun, on the gimel, and the hay in the shin. Okay, this is this is the this is the game. Um, it's, just, it's a little game, um, but there's great depth to what this game is, what this game represents. The shemesh mul, which is from the tradition of Ishbitz, speaks about the dreidel. So there's many sasha, but the shemesh mul speaks about the dreidel, and he ties it to the four exiles. It's interesting to note that in, generally in Ishbitz, which is also connected to the Kotsk and the Yidah Kodesh and Bunim, are very much uh, connected to the Torah, to the teachings of the Maral. Uh, so is the Alter Rebbe, is also the teachings of the Maral. But you have a special connection in that line of Hasidic teachings. You have a special connection to the teachings of the Maral. And the Shemesh Mul speaks about these four exiles. And he says these four exiles are actually connected to the four sides of the dreidel. So you have the nun of the dreidel, stands for the word nefesh. Nefesh means spirit, which means that the spirit, uh, there was an exile of spirit. What's the exile of spirit? He says that's the Babylonian exile, the destruction of the first base of Mikdash. The destruction of the first temple took out the spirit of Klal Yisrael. Klal Yisrael were people, were proud people that lived in the land of Israel for, for a thousand years, almost a thousand years, they, after the exile, after the, the exodus from Egypt, and they finally get married to Saul, and they build the Mishkan, and they finally build the base of Mikdash, and times of David and Shloima, they build the King, da King David and King Solomon, they build the base of Mikdash, and had for over 400 years, and they had a temple, a base of Mikdash, and a centralized place, and they had a kingdom, and a strong kingdom, 
And then with the destruction of the first base of Mikdash, the spirit of Klal Yisrael was lost. The Ruach of Klal Yisrael, the spirit of Klal Yisrael, Nevuah was lost, prophecy was lost. So the Nun corresponds to Nefesh, to the spirit. The Gimel, which is the second, Nun Gimel is the other letter on the four, four, the four letters of the spinner. The Gimel corresponds to the word Guf, body which is the story, which the exile of Paras, which is the Persian exile. Um, the Persian exile, and Chazal generally say that Paras is Mesurva Lumabasa Kedoy, they have a lot of flesh, like, and they're, they're, they're aggressive. Um, the idea of Paras, of the Persian exile, was the story of Purim. The story of Purim is when Haman wished with Ahasuerus with to destroy the body of Klal Yisrael, to kill literally the Jewish people physically. And therefore, the word gimel is connected to guf, which, which corresponds to the exile of the Persian exile. The, the shin, we skip a letter, or shin, or the, the pay, shin is seichel, or philosophy, which means either intelligence or philosophy, which is the idea of Yavan, the Greeks. That the story of Hanukkah, in particular the story of Hanukkah, was that there was there was the Helen the Hellenized Jews, and there was an internal battle within Klal Yisrael whether we should follow the Torah's path, the path of purity and holiness and transcendence, or we should become Hellenized and take the path of philosophy of the Greeks. That was the real battle of Hanukkah. There was an internal battle of Hanukkah, the story of Hanukkah. So that was another type of exile. The Greek exile, the Greek versus the Greek philosophy versus prophecy, versus transcendence and holiness, and then the the, the fourth one, which is the hey, means hakol, represents the word hakol, which means everything, which is Rome, which is the, which is a type of existential exile. So essentially, what the what the what the Shemesh Mul is saying is that there are four exiles. Collective exiles and also inner exiles, but the four collective exiles of Klal Yisrael, the people of Israel, were these four affronts and battles that Klal Yisrael had to do with, either with the spirit that was broken, their spirit, the nefesh of Klal Yisrael was broken, and they had to rekindle their spirit, or there was a battle for the goof of Klal Yisrael for the body, and Klal Yisrael survived on a physical level, or there was a battle, an exile, of 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 the philo philosophy of empirical philosophy versus transcendence and, and prophecy, and that was a type of spiritual exile, and there's also the exile of everything. It says that's an existential exile that has a little bit of everything. This is really what the Romans, the, the Romans were not distinct in their philosophy. The Romans were uh, a hodgepodge of a lot of different ideas, uh, of a confluence of a lot of different ideas that the, the Romans held, and therefore their exile represents, which is today, the Roman exile, or the Western civilization exile, is that it's a little bit of everything. It's a little spiritual, it's a little mental, it's a little physical, etc. So these are the four exiles. This is on a collective level, and also on a personal level. A personal, personal level, the exile means that a person tries to reach a place of their perfection, a place of holiness, and a place of transcendence, and try to be true and authentic in themselves. And sometimes a person feels 
spirit, their spirit is down and therefore they feel low and therefore they can't do what they have to do in this world. Sometimes they feel that their body is their exile and their body is not letting them do. They would like to do this, they would like to pray, they would like to learn, they would like to do mitzvahs, they would like to do the right thing, but they're tired and physically hard. Or there's a type of exile where it should, which is I would love to learn, but my mind can't do it, I have ADHD and I can't think straight, etc. So these are exiles, internal exiles. And then there's a general existential exile, just a, a tiredness. So these represent states of exile. What's the story of, of, the, of the dreidel? The dreidel is saying that there are four directions, and these are four very boxed-in realities, exiled realities or, or um, limitations, constrictions. You say that you belong in a box. This is the box, and you can't transcend. You're boxed in because your spirit is boxed in. You're boxed in because your body is, is broken. You're boxed in because your mind is not free. This is what the boxed-in idea is, that you're, you're stuck. What is, the, what is the spinning of the dreidel? The spinning of the dreidel means that you're spinning it. You're saying that there's a, there's a higher force in the universe, which is the spinner. So every, every, just like if you look at the dreidel, the dreidel doesn't stand straight. If you don't spin it, it doesn't hold up straight. It falls, which means that every single civilization and every single kingdom, the mighty Persian kingdom, the mighty Babylonian, the mighty Greek empire, and the mighty Roman empire all fell which means that it's a time process. It, they, they were very powerful, and they caused a lot of havoc and a lot of destruction, a lot of hurt to Yisrael, a lot of pain, a lot of persecution. But ultimately, what the story of the dreidel is telling us, telling Yisrael is that Gamze Yavor, this will, this will pass. It seems like it to be a very mighty, powerful empire. But ultimately, it's just one side of one side, one reality, and then that, that falls and something else rises. The only thing that's nitzchi, the only thing that's eternal, is klal yisrael. Klal yisrael is a nitzchi, a people, a people, an eternal people. This comes and this goes, and this, this, this kingdom and that kingdom. But ultimately, klal yisrael rises. And the way klal yisrael becomes a nitzchi, the way klal yisrael is nitzchi, the way klal yisrael is eternal, is because we're connected to the spinner, not to the spin. So there's this four sides of the of the dreidel. The four sides that represents the four directions or the four ways of the world. There's the, the Babylonian exile, and the Persian exile, and the Greek exile, and the Roman exile. Included within that is the Ishmael exile, Islamic exile. These are all things that are temporary. They come and they go, but we are connected to the spinner, something that's beyond that. And the spinner is, in the, in the metaphor that we're using, the spinner, like the Ramam discusses, that the world constantly is, is moving, there's a masava, there's a, there's a sivuv, everything is in constant flux, constantly changing. And then there's a masavev, there's one that is spinning. When Kalal Yisrael connects himself in a revealed way through, through keshes, through the bow, through prayer, through the bows that we, the arrows that we throw up to above, when we're connected to above, we're connected to transcendence, we're connected in tefillah, banit tefillasi, that we are in a posture of prayer, not just if only a person should pray all day, is not just literally to sit and pray, but to be in a posture of prayer. To be in a posture of prayer, to be in a posture in tefillah, means to be a neat philosophy. We're always in a state of tefillah. Tefillah is from the language of naftuli, that it's a language of, of connection. When we live with the state of connection, with an open, revealed connection, we're always connected. But when we live with an open state of connection, with transcendence, we reveal nitzchis in this world, and we are... We are powerful, and we can overcome every single adversary, every single hardship.
because ultimately we're connected to something that's transcendent of all the finite things that come and go in this world and all the empires that rise and fall and we're connected to something that's eternal and remember that we have to remember that we always have to be a people that are that are connected to the eternal even though we are internally always connected to the eternal but we should be revealed way connected to the eternal in a state of posture of tefillah of connection and in connection to Hashem at all times and we should overcome all the exiles and all the constrictions and all the limitations and Klal should be to see a full Geula Klalis, a full redemption from all the Tsars that Klal is, is experiencing, from all the hardships and all the people that were, God forbid, that were that are, that are in bondage should be freed. And everyone should have a tremendous Yeshua and Refua, a tremendous healing and a tremendous salvation. And we should be Zoycha to merit to see with our eyes this connection that's always present, that's always there, the revealing. Oh, Mashiach, and the hair of your main